Okay, I want to uh, forewarn you this morning that in some ways this message is going to be very negative. But in the most important way, it's going to be very, very positive. One does not need to be extremely observant to recognize the reality that our world is changing. And the change is not for good. In fact, as I noted to someone just the other day, our world appears to be devolving into darkness. Things are not getting better. They're getting worse. And whether you're talking about the political scene across the globe or right here in America, things are not getting better. Things are getting worse. There is violence everywhere you turn. From the world stage where the threat of nuclear conflict seems imminent, imminent. To the streets of our cities, to the homes in our neighborhoods. The daily news headlines reek with turmoil, anger, hatred, social strife. And then there is also the undercurrent of change in the moral principles that for so long, for the most part, has stood strong. Oh, there has always been, always been moral decadence, but it has for the most part been relegated to the peripheral of life. But this is no longer true. As moral decadence is being held forth as normal <coughs> and thus acceptable. In just a moment, I want to show you a slide that illustrates this. And for the sake of my recording, here's what you will see. But I'm, once we put it up there, I just want you to look at it for a moment and let it sink in. There'll be two panels. On the left panel, there'll be some football players kneeling to pray. And on the other side, there'll be a transgender reading to some children. The one side says, basically, praying, P-R-A-Y-I-N-G, is not good. Praying on the field is not good. But praying, P-R-E-Y-I-N-G, on children is. So take a look at this slide and just let it sink in. This is a prime example of what God warns against in Isaiah chapter 5, 
where he says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. That passage succinctly describes what is taking place in our world today. Our political system is devolving. Our moral standards are devolving. Churches, they're closing more than they're opening. It's estimated that in 2020, somewhere between 75 and 150 churches close every week. The reason? Declining attendance. In America, only about 47% of the people claim any kind of church affiliation. And the actual participation in church is much less than that. And add to that that those who do participate, of them there is a growing acceptance of beliefs which do not reflect what God has said in his word. Political decay, moral decay, church decay, what does it all mean? It means darkness. The darkness of sin is expanding faster than it has at any time before the flood. When God at that time regretted having created mankind, and this is what he said, and the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the earth, every man and beast and crawling creature and bird of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. And that's how it would have ended. But then there was verse 8. Noah, however, found favor in the eyes of the Lord, and mankind has survived to this day. But evil has never gone away. Instead, it has slowly, insidiously increased, often like a wolf in sheep's clothing. And then there are these words from the mouth of Jesus in Matthew 24. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. <clears throat> I am not uh, here today to tell you when the Lord will come. Many have tried to take the words of prophecy and the signs 
of the times and proclaim the time. If you've read my word to grow by in the bulletin today, you know what I'm talking about. Obviously, they've all been wrong. Jesus said of that day and time, no one knows. Only the Father. It could be decades from now. It could be next month. Next week. Tomorrow. I mentioned earlier that I had recently said to someone, the world appears to be devolving in darkness. And I added, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. For the next few minutes, we're going to talk about the light. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we look around us and it's easy to be discouraged. It's easy to feel pressed down. It's easy to feel worried. And yet, Father, we know that we have a hope that overcomes it all. Help us this, this morning, Father, as we consider the light. May we be challenged. May we be encouraged. May we be strengthened. And we ask it in your son's name. Amen. So let me begin with what is obvious to all of us as followers of Jesus. And I'll let Jesus speak for himself. John 8, 12, where he said, I am the light of the world. What is obvious, and we are quick to point out, is because Jesus is the light of the world, he is the one who will save us from the darkness of sin. And we, we reflect on the idea that God sent him into this world to be the light that leads us through the Heavenly Father. And when we follow the light of Jesus, we will eventually escape not only this physical world, but this, this spiritual world of sin. And having escaped it, we will live forever with Jesus in the light of the Heavenly Father. We understand that. When I think about those, those thoughts, a hymn that <clears throat> comes to my mind <clears throat> Excuse me. It's in your hymn book. It's number uh, 549, I believe. But the last verse goes like this, if my voice will permit me. <clears throat> face to face, O oh blessed moment, face to face to see and know. Face to face with my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, who loves me so. Face to face I shall behold Him, face far beyond the starry sky. Face to face in all His glory, 
I shall see him by and by. <clears throat> Sorry for the vocals there. <clears throat> but I love the words of that court, that that verse. Jesus, he is the light of the world. He is the light at the end of the tunnel. And someday we shall live forever in that light. And there will be no darkness at all. But what about now? What about the here and now? When I was a young teenager, my, uh, my father <clears throat> introduced me to spelunkering. Anybody know what spelunkering is? Cave exploring. And uh, I had several opportunities uh, to go cave exploring. And I always went with someone. You should never go alone. However, on one occasion, I did. And uh, I crawled into this small hole in the side of a hill. And I got inside. And with my flashlight, I looked around. And it opened up into a big cavern. And uh, I wasn't satisfied with that. I thought I would go further back into the cave. And so I'm crawling on my stomach back in there until I get into another smaller opening. And I'm sitting there, and I would kind of planned to do this. I, uh, I turned off the flashlight. Now, normally in darkness, somewhere there is ambient light. And if you wait long enough, your eyes adjust to it, and you can kind of see. In that cave, there was no ambient light. It was absolute darkness. I could not see my hand in front of my face. But I reached in my pocket, and I took out a little matchbox, and I struck a match <coughs> and held it up. That tiny little light drove the darkness away. I could see all around me with nothing but a little match. Here's the truth. Darkness cannot overcome light. Back to what Jesus said. I am the light of the world. And then he said, He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We began by talking about how this world is devolving into darkness. Evil being called good. Darkness is being called light. The world spiraling downward. People changing, attitudes changing, anger is just beneath the surface of so many people that the slightest little thing makes it boil out. In shortness, darkness is increasing at a rapid pace. And as Christians, we are not immune to the effects of darkness. And we will find ourselves confronted more and more 
we will be pushed aside by the dark mindset of people who have no respect for our beliefs and our principles and our morals. In fact, as the darkness increases, Christians may well find themselves the target of anger and hate. And of this, God warned us. So, this being true, how are we to feel? What are we to do? Well, let's turn again to God's Word. Psalms 27, verse 1. David, who was besieged by his enemies, said this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You see, as a follower of Jesus, you belong to the light. You belong to the light that's at the end of the tunnel. Put your confidence in the Lord. Know that he is faithful and that he will never, ever desert you. Even if what seems the worst were to happen to you, the result would be that you would be with God Almighty. Forever safe. Forever free of pain. Forever free of sorrow. Forever living with the joy of being in the presence of the light. Forever with Jesus. And once again, the words of Jesus, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Because you belong to Jesus, you may be surrounded by darkness, but you will not walk in darkness. Instead, the light of life will be in you. And just like that match that I lit in the darkness of that cave. The light that is in you, Jesus, who is in you, will drive the darkness aside. You will not walk in darkness because you belong to the one who is light and his light is in you. You will never be in darkness, even though it may surround you. you will be able to see where to turn and what to do. The darkness will not be able to hide the truth. The darkness will not be able to hide the promise of God. The darkness will not be able to hide the reality of Jesus in your heart. Remember, darkness cannot overcome. It cannot overpower light. So it is true. Our world is devolving into darkness. And no one can say when the end will come. But this we know. As the Apostle Paul writes, 
For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This world is devolving into darkness. How much longer it will go, I have no idea. As I said earlier, it could be decades, or it could be a month from now, or it could be tomorrow. But no matter, no matter, no matter the darkness, we have the light of Christ in us. We will not walk in the darkness. And we will not fear the darkness. Because regardless of what the darkness says or what the darkness does, we have the promise of eternal life with our Heavenly Father. And we will always, forever, be in the light. One last time. Darkness cannot overcome the light. We're going to sing a closing song. When the roll is called up yonder. Take in these words. Let's stand and sing. Just the first verse. Father, we thank you for the promise and we look forward to forever living in the light. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I believe uh, Garth said he had something to say. <laughs>